We'll take our text tonight from the book of 2 Peter, the third chapter. 2 Peter 3, we'll read verses 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. We find these words near the end of Peter's second epistle. These are the last recorded words we have of the Apostle Peter. And he chose to spend this end of his final letter speaking of the Lord's coming. He felt that it was so important that this was his final message to the saints of the early church. Jesus is coming soon. The question is, are you prepared for his return? Peter points out here that after the Lord comes back and judgment is sent on the earth, that everything here is going to be destroyed. He says it'll melt with fervent heat. Everything, the earth and everything in the earth. But then he asks the key question in verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? How does the Lord's coming and the fact that everything here is temporal and it's going to pass away someday, how does that change how we live today? You see, God created everything around us in six days. And on that sixth day, when he created man, it says he breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Everything else he created in those six days is going to be consumed someday. But that living soul is eternal. It will live or die forever in heaven or in hell. And it all depends on what you do with that living soul during your time here on earth. So how then should we live? Well, Peter answers his own question. He doesn't leave us wondering. He says we ought to have holy conversation and godliness. Now, conversation here is more than just the words that we speak. It's how we conduct our lives. It's our entire behavior as we go through life. He says it should be holy. And if we skip down to the 13th verse, it says, Nevertheless, we... According to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. You see, first and foremost, God wants us to be saved. He offers that pardon for our sins. But it doesn't end there. He wants us to go on and be sanctified holy. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, a salvation, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in that sanctification. In his first epistle, Peter said, But as he with it which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We cannot hope to live up to that standard without God's sanctifying power. 
Jesus prayed in the garden before his passion. And he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, Jesus prayed that we would be sanctified. In fact, he specified in that prayer, it wasn't just for his disciples around him at the time. He said it's for all of those that hear, even to us today. But Peter suggests that living a holy life will take effort. We see in that 14th verse, he says, be diligent to live that holy life. Sanctification is a one-time experience. But to live holy is going to take continued effort in this evil world around us. Imagine you have a brand new pair of shoes. And so this will apply to men and women. Everybody has new shoes sometimes. But then, being in the Pacific Northwest, it rains. We know it rains plenty. And so the ground around you has gotten a little muddy. And you have to walk from here to there, wherever that is. How are you going to walk? Are you going to just carelessly walk wherever you're, where, whatever's in front of you, you're just going to splash around? Or are you going to choose your steps carefully? Spiritually speaking, we are in the same position. We are living in an evil world. We need to be careful where we're walking to keep our garments clean. Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. God wants to have a holy people. Once we've been saved and sanctified, though, what do we do? What else can we do? If we skip down to the last verse of Peter's epistle, it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, sanctification will purify us in a moment. But there's always room for spiritual growth. There's a difference between purity and maturity. We will be purified in a moment, but we continue to mature in the gospel. Part of that growth, of course, is seeking and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need that power for service to reach the lost world around us. But that growth doesn't stop at the baptism of the Holy Ghost either. Peter, Peter wants us to keep growing. He says to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And if you wonder how we grow, we just have to go back to the beginning of his same letter. Chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, Peter says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. But then he gives us a promise that sometimes gets overlooked when we think of the promises of God's word. It says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, growing in grace and knowledge is going to take two things. It's going to take time and it's going to take effort. And there's plenty there that will last us throughout our lives, no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, there is always growth that we can find in each one of those areas. But if it takes time and effort, we have to ask ourselves, 
how are we spending our time and what are we putting our effort toward? Let's turn to the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke 10, we'll start in verse 38. This is speaking of Jesus. And it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. You see, Martha was was busy being a good host. And she was so certain that what she was doing was the right thing. She was taking care of her guest, and she had an important guest. But then, verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Martha was focused on the physical, temporal things of this life. And she was she meant well. We don't want to disparage her too much. She was taking care of the Lord of all creation. But Mary was focused on the spiritual things. She was learning from the Lord of all creation. She was growing in grace and in knowledge. We are all prone to get so caught up in day-to-day life. It could be school, it could be work, projects around the house. There's no end in sight for the things that will take our time. But think of that old song that we sing from, now, from time to time, take time to be holy. First verse says, Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word. And that second verse says, Take time to be holy, the world rushes on, spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. Growing closer to the Lord is going to take time and it's going to take effort. And there will be plenty of times where we just don't feel like we have enough time to spend with the Lord. That there's things that we have to get done and we do have things we have to get done, but we want to make sure that it's not at the cost of our spiritual lives. That maybe if you don't have time to spend with the Lord... Maybe it's really that you don't have time to do all those other things because spending time with the Lord is always more important than anything else. Peter said that the whole earth and everything in it will be destroyed. Where are your priorities? What is your goal in this life? Some live just to enjoy life. Some are focused on climbing the corporate ladder or setting themselves up for the future. And some of these things are not wrong in a measure, but are you setting yourself up for the future in eternity? That future will last far longer than your 401k or any preparations you make here on earth, and that is where you want to focus the most effort on. Think about how how long eternity is. It just keeps going and going and going. James says our lives or a vapor. You see, our lives compared to eternity are like a blink of an eye. Think about how quick you blink. Now think of that being all of history in comparison to eternity, except really it's faster than that when you compare it to forever. 
And when you consider just how long eternity is and how short our lives are, it puts in perspective how important it is to take care of spiritual things first. And how much more important is it that we make heaven our home when you consider just how long eternity is? If our lives are that short and only what we do for the Lord will remain, then what is really important? And if we are serving the Lord faithfully and we're doing all that we can in our own lives to draw closer to the Lord, think about the world around you. When we think of how long eternity is, we realize how important the souls of each person around us really is. When we think of them as souls, it makes them feel so much more important. When we just see people passing us by and we don't really think that person is going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Oh, if we, if we change our perspective to the perspective that God would have us to have, it changes our entire outlook on our own lives and on the lives of each one around us. For those around us who are saved, we could be an encouragement to those. You could be the difference in the person around you making heaven. Your encouragement of the one who is already saved and serving the Lord, your encouragement for them to keep going, to press on, your prayers with them around the altar, that could be the difference in them making the goal. For the unsaved around us, we want to be a witness to them. Living a holy life is the first step. You see, Peter here emphasized that we must live holy in this life. And if you try to witness to those around you, but your life doesn't back it up, that witness is compromised. If you get to share the gospel with someone directly, great. And if you back it up with your life, even better. But even if you don't get to spend, get to give the direct witness to the person and, and share the whole gospel with them, sometimes we can't, we can't tell everyone around us the whole gospel. But we can always show God's love to those around us. We can extend mercy. We can spend time with those around us and give of our resources to show them that there is a God in heaven that loves them and that has changed our lives and that they look at us and say, there's something different about that person. I can't put my finger on it. And maybe they'll ask you someday, what makes you different? And you will have that opportunity to open up the gospel before them. Think about the moon for a moment. When you look at the moon, it has no light of its own. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. When we think of shining our light to those around us, we actually want to be like the moon. Because we have no light of our own selves. We only reflect the light of Jesus, the light of the world. That is what we want the world around us to see. This past week in Sunday school, we studied Pentecost and the, the outpouring of God's Spirit on His people. And there's a verse that always stands out to me in that, in that story, and it's after Pentecost. But it's Acts 4.13, and it says, speaking of the religious rulers that had arrested Peter and John, and it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, meaning not religiously trained, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
They saw the boldness of Peter and John. They said, there's something different about these two. They weren't trained up in the religious culture that all the, all the leaders had been raised up in and had studied all their lives. They saw there was something different and they said, these two were with Jesus and something has made them different. And they were able to connect the dots that Jesus had changed these two men. We want to live our lives in a way where people can tell that we have been with Jesus. That should permeate everything we do. It should change how we talk. It should change how we dress. It should change how we work at work or how we live at school. Every part of our life should reflect Jesus and people should be able to tell that one has been with Jesus just like they did for Peter and John way back in the Bible times. So when this old world is destroyed and you enter eternity, will anything you've done here on earth matter? Hopefully the answer is yes. But I would remind you that only the things that you do for the Lord will matter once all the rest has passed away. If you're living faithfully for the Lord, keep going. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That is what will last for all eternity. If you're not saved tonight, what are you waiting for? The Lord is coming soon. Some say we've been saying that for years. It's been said long before I was around, but we're going to keep saying it because one of these days it will be too late. And that day is approaching. As, as I've heard said before, we're closer to the coming of the Lord today than we've ever been before. If you are saved, have you been sanctified? Are you living that holy life that Peter instructed us to live? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you have that power for service to reach the lost around you? Each of these can be yours tonight. It's the reason we hold each and every service is to draw closer to the Lord and you can get what you're looking for from the Lord tonight. God would have us to continue to grow until the day he calls us home. Seek the Lord while he may be found and he will answer the desires of your heart. As we come and pray, the song is number 656.